Welcome to Adulting Decrypted, the show where we prepare young adults to be independent powerhouses for life. I'm your host, Ashton, and I'm here joined with... I'm Gideon. I'm Roscoe, the dad. Uh, you know, Sporting the beard and the bald head. Nice. You've yeah. been the dad this whole time. It's incredible. And I've been sporting the same look. Maybe it's time <laughs> to change it up. Maybe I'll get rid of the beard or yeah. I'll grow hair. Yeah, grow, grow your hair out. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> today we have a really special episode. Um, we are joined by Nick King. Woot you want to say hello? Hi. Woo! Um, Nick is a wonderful friend of the family and also um, a very dedicated listener. Um, and we thought it'd be fun to have you here today, Nick, with us to kind of share with our listeners what it's like to be an adult, to go through things and to grow up. So would you mind introducing yourself to our listener real quick? Yeah. Thank you for having me. I grew up with these guys here just up the street and I'm now 26 and I have a wife and two-year-old son. I love this show. I mean... It's so nice to have something to listen to that I can, I guess, I'm experiencing a lot of what we are talking about on this show. Uh, Just everyday life, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out my career, where I want to go, how much money I want to make, and just life in general as a new adult. Um, I'm 26, so I've been an adult for a few years. I guess technically eight, right? Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> but technicalities aside, right? That's where it gets fun. That's where it's hard. Nick Nick was very mature for his age. Even at uh, 12 or 13, we'd go fishing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the kids wanted to go goof around, and he had a goal, and he knew what he wanted and uh, focused on it. So he's very dedicated to to the crafts of fishing for sure. Ice yeah. fishing right now, right? That's the yep, big one? Yep, that's, that's the big one. But I think... With you, Roscoe, we um, in in scouts, you were one of my leaders, and we'd go on these campouts where you'd hike in. I think this specific one, we hiked to uh, Red Castle Lake. It was a fifty mile hike there and back. Well, total, and um, all I wanted to do the whole time was fish. Everybody else was miserable the whole week. <laughs> but, Does that sound oddly familiar? Oh no, you weren't on that one. Gene was on my next one. So, yeah. But you yeah. had fun, mm-hmm. right? I had a blast. It was it awesome. Caught the most fish I've ever caught in a day with, with <laughs> you and Nate, as a matter of fact. We were just reeling them in. All the scouts came up. Remember the yeah. first day we got skunked? Mm-hmm. Met an old guy, and what did we talk to him about? I don't really remember that part. Yeah, I we know met, we, I had the, the specific right fly that we needed. Yep, and then the uh, when we're hiking down, the first day we caught a few fish, but we didn't do very good. Mm-hmm. And then we're walking down, and we saw this old guy stand by his camp, and uh, we got visiting with him, and he had like eight fish, and we're like, <laughs> how did you catch those? And he really liked Nick because he was a young kid, and he was just trying to learn. He goes, where's the rest of the scouts? <laughs> He's like, at camp. He's like, see me tomorrow, and I'll show you. And he put us right at that inlet where mm-hmm. where they were yeah. just where he was just slaughtering them mm-hmm. and we stood next to him and we just started reeling <laughs> fish after fish yeah i think i caught enough for every scout to have two fish yep and you threw a bunch back yeah yep <laughs> yeah that's day. a lot <laughs> i don't think i've caught that much ever like in my lifetime you probably <laughs> caught more than i have ever caught <laughs> yeah, once you get into it it's it's hard to really not 
I'm addicted to it. <laughs> it it's kind of bad, but I, I've just figured out how to catch the fish, and that's my favorite part is catching the fish. That's the best part of fishing. I mean, that's why you go fishing. Some people like the solidarity being there, and it's just kind of quiet and whatever. And I, I like that, but I like the, um, the catching the fish part the most. So that's what I've gotten really good at. And I think we've talked through that. And intentionally, you, you choose a target and you go after, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the fun of fishing is trying to figure out the right bait, the right, you know, where everybody's a salesperson. You're like, how do I get the right bait? How do I get the right presentation? And the whole, and then where are the fish at? Because that's what we were doing wrong that first day is is we are kind of fishing off in the deep and trying to do some different stuff. And yeah. you guys are like, no, you're fishing in the wrong area. Yeah, and I got into ice fishing, especially this year, because I realized that I could actually go out and catch fish in the winter when otherwise it's a lot harder. Like, I mean, you could go to the rivers, but they're harder to catch in the winter. But ice fishing, if you can get a hole in the ice and get a lure down into the water, they will bite anything. That's just, that to me, I... I can fish year round now, and that's I love that. Well, and I think you, you told me earlier before we started the podcast that you also are able to take your son with you. Yeah, yep. And my son has really learned to love it too. I think he just likes to be out there in the snow. That's his favorite thing. Yeah. Because while we're fishing, he'll just be running circles around me, doing snow angels and kicking the snow around and. Just spending time with dad. Yeah. He plays this game. It's kind of annoying, but he'll run as far as he can away from me, and he'll turn around and look at me, see if I'm following him. And if I'm not, then he'll get really mad and start to pout and just sit down and make me go out there and get him. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks it's funny that I have to chase him around out there. But, I mean, if it gets him out there and it gets me out fishing – I don't mind. So Nick, I'm 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 curious to pick your brain as as somebody going through this adulting, you know, process. What's what's been like the biggest aha moment for you of of cuz we'll back up a little bit. Nick graduated high school what at 18, 19? Yeah, 18. And then you went and did a service mission as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And then and I apologize, I can't remember where that was. It was it California? As I went. Well? Yeah, I went to California, the Santa Rosa, California mission, and I spoke Spanish. Oh, very cool. So, do you keep the Spanish up? <laughs> I I have. Yeah, I have a coworker from Mexico, and he knows some English, but it's better uh, for me to talk to him in Spanish for our boss. So I'll kind of translate for him. That's super cool. <laughs> so then after that, you get home, um, then you start, quote-unquote, adulting all by yourself. I mean, because even out doing the service mission, right, there's adult opportunities. But mm-hmm. So tell us, tell us about maybe a pivotal time out there where you had an adult on your own in California and then some of the stuff when you first started coming back. I love picking brains, as <laughs> you can tell. So, so um, on my mission... I was the one that was kind of the leader of everybody for the majority of my mission. So I learned leadership skills really quick. Six months in, I became a district leader. And I was a district leader from six months all the way through to the end of my mission. Oh, wow. And um, I had to learn really quick how to manage 
uh, people and help them learn how to teach other people what we were trying to share. With those experiences, how do you think that they've helped you now, after, um, after your mission? Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all about it, talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, the power of a humble mediator, where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. I've learned how different people think and how to get their mindset um, aligned with mine in a way that... um, keeps them motivated to want to do what I want to do as well. Uh, One particular instance that I had, um, there was a companionship, two missionaries who were in my district who were not, I guess they weren't serving a mission the way the rest of us wanted to. They were just very, they weren't there for the right reasons, I guess. The same reasons that the rest of us were. And um, I kind of had to deal with them going off and doing things that were basically against the rules that we had set for us. And I had to help them realize that that is not what we're here for. They, w- they went to the movies all the time. And that's not, that's not something we do as missionaries in our church. Um, we're dedicated to serving people and helping them find the love that Jesus Christ has for them. And uh, we do that by example, and one of those examples is by not doing things that we would otherwise do at home. So then you you talk to them and and explain to them, hey, this is what you need to be doing, and and did you see success with that? Yeah, I kind of made a compromise with them at first. I said, if you can 
find this many people this week, then you can you can go see a movie next week. And that just continued to the point to where they just stopped going to the movies altogether. And they they kind of realized the greater good mm-hmm. and, and where to go. Something that I really like, um, having also served a mission, um, sometimes people, when they, when they hear that we have to follow these rules, like if you said to someone, oh, you can't go see a movie for two years, people would be like, that sounds crazy. Like that's, you know, why would you do that? Um, I, it's important to me to remember that like every job that you go to has rules that you follow and it just kind of changes, um, based on what you do. But something that I wanted to, um, point out off that example is it was cool to me how rather than doing an all, um, an all stop, be like, nope, you're done, finished. It, you used the weakness almost as a motivator. You're like, you can have that as long as you feed into this. Whereas I feel like a lot of times in leadership, if there's something happening that you don't like, people tend to just say, stop, (laughs) you know, you're not boom, you're done. I don't like it. But you chose to be like, Hey, you know what? All right, cool. Let's compromise. And eventually that compromise led to everyone altogether being in a better spot. I think that's cool. What um, other experiences? I know you mentioned on a post one time about a a financial Something happened to you personally, and uh, financial preparedness helped you get through that. Could you explain to the listener that story a little bit better? Yeah, so um, on a previous episode, you guys had mentioned emergency funds, and I kind of knew about that before and knew it was a really good idea. I just got really, I didn't do it. I kind of got lazy about my finances, and then... Listening to that episode, I it kind of kicked me in the butt and said, "Okay, we, <laughs> Fair. I need to do something here." And so I decided every penny that I don't spend during the month will go towards an emergency fund. And when I started doing that, I saw a little bit build up. I got to about one hundred and fifty dollars in that emergency fund, and then um, I thought, you know what? I can save a little bit more and put that into the emergency fund so it builds faster. And so I just, I allotted $100 per paycheck to go towards that emergency fund. And I got all the way up to $1,500. Wow, that's a lot. You know, starting at a 150 to get up Mm -hmm. to $1,500. And this is, let's be honest, you're probably not making millions every year, right? Not yet. You're still in. (laughs) So, so that's a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. right? Very cool. Yeah. And it took a few months to get there. Um, more like five months, but, uh, when I did get there, I thought, okay, this is a good, comfortable place to be in because like, if I, if I happen to lose my job, there's one month where I have my mortgage covered. I now have more so that if I lose a job, I have three months covered Very of cool. mortgage. I need to build it up to where I'm covering more than just the mortgage. But for now, it's three months of mortgage or two months of mortgage and everything else for every other expense. That's so cool, Nick. Good on you. And have you had to dip into that yet or had an experience? Yeah. So um, ice fishing kind of turned into an emergency one time I went um I I had that $1,500 and I decided okay 
it's getting to the end of the ice fishing season and I really want to go and take my son. So I took a day off of work and uh, we went up and um, just before I punched through the ice with my auger, I cut my leg open really bad. With the auger? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was using a hand drill that I had an adapter to put the auger onto, but that drill, it wasn't powerful enough. Uh-huh. And so um, I'd get maybe like an inch into the ice, and then I'd have to uh, pull the auger out and reset the drill because it had the... It had an overload protection mm. on it. Yeah. So that if the torque on it was too high, it would uh, stop the engine from burning up, or I guess the motor, right. the electric motor. And um, so I had to do that a couple times. And uh, I got like 18 inches into the ice. The ice was 24 inches thick, which is really thick yeah. for that time of year. Um, this was at the end of March. And, um, the last time I pulled the auger out to reset the, the drill. And when I did that, um, the auger bounced off the ice and went straight into my leg. Ooh. Yeah. It was, it was the weirdest feeling though. Cause it felt like a bat hit me. Like I got hit yeah. with a bat in my leg. It's right above my right knee. Ooh is where I got hit. And when it hit, I knew that something bad happened. It didn't hurt, but I knew, okay, if I got hit that hard with a blade, something's wrong. And I looked down and sure enough, it was a big, deep cut. And so I rolled my pant leg up just so that it wouldn't get covered in blood. But in doing that, I kind of created a tourniquet. Oh, really? It stopped the bleeding. Oh, wow. So I was able to walk, I had to walk up a muddy hill that was 200 yards long. I pulled everything along with my son back up the hill, put it back in the car, drove down to the closest hospital and got stitches. Wow. And so you're able to dip into that. I I noticed from the the post that you made and and it covered the expenses. Yeah, I was able to cover that whole thing with cash, which was very, it was kind of a breath of relief because otherwise I might've had to pay for it in payments for three or four months. Right. Or put it on a credit card, which has a high interest rate or you right. know, some of those other financial implications. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate you sharing that, Nick. I think that uh, sometimes we feel like this emergency fund's so far out there, right? You're yeah. like, oh, it's just, I'll throw a little bit extra. And when you decided, hey, I'm going to double down on this and I'm going to spend some time, energy, and effort. Uh, you're married, mm-hmm. right? How was your spouse when you first brought that up to her about setting up an emergency fund? Well, she is kind of the financial rock in our relationship. When we got married, I had $0 and she had 3000 gotcha. So she was kind of my sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And um, she always... She grew up with the mindset, I need at least $1,000 in my savings, always, nothing less than that. So so she if, was all in then. Yeah. So you didn't have to it, sell her like you did no. other people at different times. But no. 
she was the one when you saw the light of it she was pretty happy about mm. it yeah she's like finally <laughs> <laughs> now we don't have to worry about you spending so much all the time <laughs> you know you know it's, it's kind of fun nick to hear that that even in in marriage because you know to your point she was your rock you know the financial rock and you're you know, if you had a dollar, you made sure you spent the whole thing, right? Didn't mean you mm-hmm. went over the dollar, but the two people when they come together, it's not just, hey, this is how we're going to do it. We have to, we we have to talk through it and say mm-hmm. what works for us, right? What makes us think about mm-hmm. it. So I, I appreciate that story, and I and I also think it's very interesting that not if your wife would have kept nagging you, saying, hey, start an emergency, start start an emergency fund, you might have said, eh, okay, what? But I really want to do this or. Mm-hmm. But having a different place to even listen to it, not saying she was, she's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. We all can admit that sitting around the table, yeah. which which they normally are. But you you stepping away and hearing it somewhere else and going, okay, that's probably sound advice, right? Having like two sources help you. So I think that's one thing our listener can pay attention to. If your parents are telling you something, if your your leaders are telling you something, if people that you associate with, professors, etc. But then you come home and you hear it from a group that's of your own age and your own understanding to say, ah, right. So Nick, that's a big, yeah. that's a big plug for us as a, as an episode to say, hey, this is this is important. So yeah, thanks I mean, for sharing that. I had the perfect experience to actually exercise that, where I needed that money, and I was I had it in that emergency, and that was super relieving. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, if you don't mind me asking, some of the other episodes we've had, and, and I know before you, we started visiting that, so, so you know our our four principles, right? The emotional, the financial, um, the the social, what, and then practical, you know, advice. Was there something else in there that, you know, around one of those areas that you're like, wow, that was, that hit home and, and helped me talk through something. Is there another one you can think of or am I putting you too much on the spot? It's it's that one uh, where we talked about um, like your self your self worth and loving yourself, uh, compassion with your own ball. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I re-listened to that one not too long ago, and that I am very competitive with myself. Yeah, and um, I tend to really put myself down a lot, and so just re-listening to that one, I think it would be smart to re-listen to that every so often because there are so many good points in there about loving yourself and being okay with where you're at mentally or physically or whatever. I really appreciate that. And I think there's a couple in national and I were talking about how to, to format our, our new episodes for next season. And, and we we're just talking about doing some shorts that maybe aren't episodes that are a lot along those lines of those tidbits that, mm-hmm. because if I, if I look back, Dell Major talked about it. Jason Hewlett talked about it. So many people are saying, hey, take it from guys who are a little bit older. You know, we're not old. We don't feel old, you know, but but 40s who, who have been through being a young adult trying to start to figure this out. Don't be hard on yourself. Look and say, okay, yeah, I sucked. You know what I mean? I didn't make the best financial decisions. I didn't do the best. You know, I went to the movies every week or whatever it is. Okay, own it and then figure out how to move on from there. Don't, mm-hmm. don't. I think the right term on that one was the shame versus guilt. Right. Hey, it's okay to feel guilty because you did do something that, you're, that wasn't right. Um, but then on the flip side, get out of the shaming game. 
right? Mm-hmm. So to yourself saying, hey, I'm very competitive with myself, but because of that, I have to have a win-lose. When really, being competitive with yourself should be a win-win. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not as good as I was yesterday, but I'm consistently, I've had three days of being better than I was before, right? Whatever yeah. that whatever mm-hmm. that competition looks like in your mind. Well, I can tell you, um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was, um, I guess, I played football all growing up from fifth grade all the way through my senior year of high school. And sophomore year, going from uh, being a freshman in junior high, because that's how things are ran here, to a sophomore in in, uh, high school, where that's your very first year experiencing high school, I didn't really understand the um, the politics involved with high school and like being on the football team especially I was fairly good Um, I played wide receiver and was fast and could catch the ball really easy Um, but I got to sophomore year and everybody else was the same and so I had to figure out how to stand out in that way and that was um, that was challenging. I ended up playing tight end because I had gained a little bit of weight. And so I was just a little bit slower. I could still catch the ball really well, but I was bigger. And so they could use me in a different place. And that's where they put me. Um, and I did well there, uh, but I wasn't good enough to play on the varsity team like I was hoping until I... Uh, turned to my junior year where we got a new head coach and he looked at me and said, you're going to be my defensive end. And, um, he, I guess he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, which I actually ended up finding later on. Um, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is being kind of fluid in how things are happening is a really good way to, um, I guess learn as you go in a way. I like that advice, Nick, because here's the fact is we think that we have to have it all defined and figured out. Right. Um, you're like, Hey, I'm at 16. You're like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm a, a wing or, or, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an offensive player in your scenario and come to find out that really you're a def- defensive player because of your size, your speed, Whatever it was the coach saw that that you hadn't seen yet because he had the experience to look and say, okay, this is where Nick's going to excel. This is what's going to help our team. I like that. That, That's very cool. And I'd give you the same advice, Nick, as you're trying to figure out your career. (laughs) How's that? What did you decide to do or what are you working towards? So I'm studying finance at Utah Valley University right now. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it took me a few years to really figure that out and actually get started with that. But once I did start with that, now I know that it's what I want to do. And so that's motivation in itself to keep going. And and what are you going to try and do? Are you going to be a personal financial advisor or in corporate America on the finance side? Or have you figured that out yet? Um, I, I think I could go really either route I'm leaning more towards corporate just because they have that nine to five schedule Monday through Friday. Yep. And I want to be home with my kids. 
Um, I want to be there for my family when they want to go do something and I can be home to go do something with them. I love it. I, you know, Nick, the great thing about that is that you're plotting out what your what your plan A is, right? That we often throw out on this episode. It's like, hey, this is my plan A, you know, and all these other things are going to feed to it, right? And I and I love that you're already taking the time to take your son ice fishing this morning. You're in the pool with him. You know, you're finding excuses in your normal day to spend time with them. And I just can't tell you how, how much I appreciate that and applaud that as as somebody who um, loved to throw around the football, you know, we played what we, Nick, what we teasingly coined at our house is we'd go out and play drop for the first, <laughs> the first five years of life. And then it became catch, you know, and now it's uh, actually some scrimmage out on the yard. So it's, it's fun that you're taking that time and, and realizing that each stage of life is, is awesome, you know, just for a different reason. So I'm glad you're seeing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it might be, well, you know, so I grew up with, my dad was always working. He would get home at like nine, nine o'clock at night all the time. Um, but I never felt like we were poor or really struggled financially. And so that wasn't an issue. It was that I wasn't, I wasn't around my dad as much as I wish I was. Sure. And that's changed now. Um, our relationship is really good. Um, but growing up, I kind of wish we had those moments where we were playing drop and then catch. Um, but he, he did show his love with helping me in sports. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I I remember your dad coached every little league game, every junior high game, you know, he was there, Mm -hmm. he was there and fully vested right and right even then he had head back to work and finish mm-hmm. up and and that's that's the reality of of life sometimes mm-hmm. you have to step back and go okay what am i and and what am i what do i stand for what do i care about and and how do i show that mm-hmm. i've told people often that i can't dictate the quality of time when they're little i could dictate the quantity of time mm-hmm. because they didn't have anywhere else to go but now i'm going Okay, guys, you guys don't want to go play tomorrow <laughs> because let's be honest, everybody's an adult, now, you know. So it's it's trying to find that that quantity now mm-hmm. because, like your son, you know, ice fishing to you, I'm like, you're like, hey, I'm spending quality time. Well, he wants to go run run away from dad and have you catch up to him. To him, that's quality. Mm-hmm. And you realized, okay, this is the game I have to play, <laughs> painful as it might be at times, mm-hmm. right? That this is the game he chose. So yeah, that's great. I think if I didn't love football so much, um, my relationship with my dad wouldn't be as good as it is. Interesting. Uh, because he pushed football on me so much. Um, so if I didn't like football, it might have been a detriment to our relationship. But because I love football so much, it was a help to our relationship. It was something we could both focus on and enjoy each other's company while we were, I guess, like while he was helping me get better for the season. That's a great observation. So I, I, if, if I might just try and extrapolate from what you're saying is finding something that your kids into and help them then excel at that mm-hmm. is a great bonding. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that you guys had this shared love of that. And mm-hmm. and I noticed you had a cowboy lanyard. So I guess you have another shared love there. Yeah, that's, um, he, 
I grew up with him cheering for them, so I kind of naturally yeah. gravitated toward them. I don't know if I want to be a Cowboys fan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're old enough now to make your own decisions. Yeah. Sorry, but, Jerome, we're going to well, break it to you this way. <laughs> no. no. I, it's weird, though, because I, I kind of feel guilty if I don't cheer for them. Uh, shame versus guilt. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's like, <laughs> no. I can't not cheer for them. I can't cheer <laughs> against them for sure. <laughs> if I'm it. if I'm watching another team and I I like that other team, I still kind of feel guilty that I like them. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's almost it's been programmed. It's almost yeah. like cheating. No, I'm just <laughs> a little I feel dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I feel guilty. That's awesome. You know, Nick, it's it's fun for me to to having watched the whole process and where you're at and what you're trying to decide and define your your success in life, and then I'm I'm glad we have a resource, right? I'm glad that 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 the content that we're creating is adding value, and I and I think it's fun when the three of us sit around. But I really like having a fourth. Or I guess when the four of us w- would sit around, right, yeah. having a fifth. But I think it just adds depth to the conversation and, and because as a dad you're like oh yeah I've been there done that have that t-shirt like your dad was with you coaching but then when an outside coach saw you and was able to point out a strength or something that your dad didn't see or your junior high coaches or because you changed whatever it is but that they have the wisdom to step in and say hey Nick you're a D end are you sure yeah I'm sure okay cool I'll go try it and I think that's what's cool about the way this podcast is laid out is as we bring in outsiders, you know, they enlighten my kids on stuff that I might've said, and you might've learned some of this in high school. That's, I think sometimes we get a bad rap because people go, why didn't I learn this in high school? Well, it's not, we're bagging on high school teachers. It's because we, as the, the student weren't ready, right? You might've told us, but we didn't hear it. And we're getting a crap ton of information in high school anyway. <laughs> right. Right. And we're trying to impress the girls, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, Gideon, we still trying to press the girls? We give up on him. Man, he knows he doesn't have to try. He just does it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> girls are tricky, aren't they, Nick? Oh, jeez, yeah. Well, I... I was anything that... you say, we can edit out. So <laughs> if you say anything about your wife, we'll... Well, no, not, not with her. I was that kid in high school that... Um, I always was part of... I was part of just about every group. I had friends all over the place in band in football in basketball wrestling the drama team i had friends everywhere so i would jump around friend groups all the time and um i was always kind of not quite within the group i was part of the group but kind of like an outsider in the group so everybody knew me and i knew everybody but since i was so fluid with all the groups I always kind of felt like I was outside the group somehow. Oh, like you never belonged mm-hmm. in the group. And I think that's why I jumped around so many groups because I never like found my niche. I, this is a great conversation. Um, what? How did? I mean, looking back on it now, right? In high school, I'm sure it was frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? I mean, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but well, it was it was frustrating in that like all of my friends were dating, they had girlfriends, and I kind of felt like an outsider in that way because when I'd go hang out with them, they'd have their girlfriends with them, and I was just like the third wheel. So now looking back on it, um, any lessons learned from that or any advice you'd give somebody that's that's going through that or feeling that in high school or 
Um, I would say don't worry about, especially don't worry about what other people think of you. Oh, that's, um, I think that's, that, that might be our tagline for the episode, but yes, I love it. Um, that I was very, uh, conscious about what people thought of me. And that's kind of why I jumped around so much all the time was cause I wanted everybody to like me all the time. Okay. And, um, I, I also kind of felt left out in that I didn't have a girlfriend, but everybody else did. And, um, I know in our, I guess in our culture, it's not so much focused on that you have a girlfriend in high school. You should be dating every girl around you just to get a sense of what they're like so that you know what you want to marry when you're old enough to marry. Right. Um, but I guess everybody kind of defied that. And Well, you they, ended up with a girlfriend too your senior year, didn't you, for a while? I know it was stressing yeah. your dad out for a bit. Yeah, I had a girlfriend. See, I have an inside scoop here, guys. This is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have a girlfriend, and it was kind of a bizarre thing. I found out that she really liked me, and I liked that the idea of a girl liking me. Oh, wow. That's and a deep so, thought. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can be honest with myself about that now when in the moment I was totally lying to myself saying that I liked her. Um, but I, I did eventually grow to like her a lot. It just, it took a while. I just at first really liked the idea that she had a crush on me because I hadn't had that before. Gotcha. Or if somebody did have a crush on me i never heard about it they were too quiet they didn't mm. that old rumor mail yeah and so i had a girlfriend at first to have a girlfriend it wasn't because i had feelings for her it was the social aspect of having the girlfriend hmm. um, we spent enough time together that i did learn to really like her and so that changed um but that had to open up your eyes to future relationships, it, obviously, to, to, to find your wife who's awesome with, with at least from an outsider looking in, you know, mm-hmm. being part of your family, being fully committed, you know, just, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, because, you know, it's just, it's neat as an outsider to go, oh, that's a cool relationship, you know, so I think that helps as you grow and define. So I like that you said, don't care about what other people think, and then be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that's, and that I think is the hard part to step back and go, okay, really, you mm-hmm. know, this, this is what my friends are doing. Does that mean it's a cool thing? So I appreciate it. Nick, I feel like I've, I've grilled you, um, <laughs> flipped, flipped it over on the grill, <laughs> kept poking at the bear. I'm, I'm excited. I think we've got some good stuff. If you had an overarching piece of advice to give to the person listening to this episode, if they were, you know, you know, just general advice what do you think would be the most important thing for you to impart for them kind of a long-winded answer here i when i started going to college i wasn't sure what i wanted to do and it took me three semesters to figure that out Um, i thought i wanted to be a physical therapist at first and so i started kind of studying towards that but then um, things changed there and i really wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do uh, for my degree that whole time it wasn't until I took um, 
a what was that class? It was like a it was a class where you um I guess you look into so many different careers to figure out if you want to do it or not. And that class you have to do you have to shadow and then write a paper on that and that's how they graded that class was uh, how many shadows did you do and how well did you write about it basically it was kind of a weird class in that way but it helped me um, experiment with all these different things that I could potentially do and um, I learned that you don't have to absolutely love what you do um, but if it gives you the means to do what you want to do with your life including time then that is a great career to pursue like for me I learned to love uh, I guess budgeting and um, I, I realized that I can do that in the business world I can budget for a business um, so I guess my advice would be don't really commit to something until you're absolutely sure that it's what you want to do but at the same time if you feel like there is something you want to do go for it and then you'll find out whether it is the right thing or not I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to go on a mission at first or not but I decided I'm just gonna go and then I'll learn when I get there whether I want to be there or I should be there or not and it took a couple months, but once I got out there and experienced everything, I felt like I needed to be there. I love it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adulting decrypted if you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned if you would like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com adulting is teamwork we have merch if you want to show off your adulting decrypted pride check out our website adultingdecrypted.com or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. And we can't wait until next time on Adulting Decrypted. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adulting Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, 
our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your adulting decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.